Hello and welcome to Too Fit to Be Tied. Where we talk about health from a variety of perspectives. Emotional health. Mental health. Physical health. And spiritual health. My name is Jerome. And I'm your co-host, Constance. All right, so another episode of Too Fit to Be Tied. You know what I'm. What you know what I'm going to ask <laughs> you. What are we? What talking are we talking about today, about today Constance? Yeah. Um, today, but I guess I have to ask, or, or else it'll it would just be weird. We'll just be sitting here. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's a th- or you could say, hey, today we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I like okay. that. Let's okay. switch it up. So today we are talking uh, to a guest. Wow. Okay. We have another yeah. guest. We get a lot of guests lined up. You know, yeah. we're just on a roll over here. So today we're talking to Anthony Guerreri. He's a certified financial educator. Okay. And we are talking about money. Nice. We haven't talked about money. We have not. We've we talked have, about manifesting money. We've talked about, and we've, and in our intro, I think we talk about, what, what do we say? Physical health, emotional health. Mental. Mental. Spiritual. We spiritual. don't say anything about. We don't say anything about. Financial health. Because we're, maybe we're in terrible <laughs> financial shape. <laughs> we're going to find out. We're going to find out. From the certified financial, financial educator. educator. We're going to be educated today on money. Okay. And now, how, how do you know this guy? I think you, we should put him on the spot, and you should ask him how I know him. I think that would make it more fun. Okay. All right. All right. Let's Good. just get to work. All right. Let's do this. I mean, how do you feel on a scale of 1 to 10? No, no. 1 to 5. 1 being terrible. 5 being super educated. How do you feel you lie in your financial literacy? Literacy or putting it into practice? Because those are two uh, different oh, things. Oh, okay. All right. Like, both. Literacy, I would say maybe 3.75. Oh, okay. Wow. Very specific. Yeah. Literacy. Okay. And putting it into practice? Probably a three. Okay. Oh, wow. That's real different. You had to go with the 0.75? Well, you know, I don't want to say four because we might get Anthony you know, on the on the phone and he'll tell us stuff, and I'll go, "Holy shit!" Right. I'm not a four. I'll let you know what I'll ask you after this. And okay. Then yes, we'll, and yes. then we'll see. Oh, now what? What is your? I'm going to go right in the middle. Three. Well, it'd be really two and a half. Oh, two and a half. You know, <laughs> okay. I'd say three. No, I'd I'll say three. Okay. All right. You ask him the question first. Hello. Hi. Hi. You are um, on air with Jerome and I. And and who is this? You didn't. Do, do you introduce the guest or not? Yeah, you, I'm not there yet right oh, now. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Hi, Anthony. Hi, how are you both? We're good, thank you. We just uh, introduced you. Thanks for doing the. Thanks for doing the podcast. It's weird. Thanks for having us on. It's weird doing a podcast with someone you know so well because we. It's weird being professional. Do you know what I mean? Wait, how? Do, okay, and how do you guys know each other so well? Yes, that's our first. We're getting right to the first question. Go ahead, Anthony. I thought you were going to answer that question. <laughs> um, you are the, in, I, I'm the interviewer. You're the interviewee. So you have to answer the question honestly. Well, you're my personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's, yeah, that's true. And you're like my, you're like my money coach. 
That's right. Okay. That's right. We but have a very where did we? We have a unique relationship. But where did we meet? Oh, we met on Hinge. <laughs> yes, we did. After after you blew me off. Yes, that's true. Times. I blew him off a couple times, and then I mm. showed up to the date and was pleasantly surprised. And that's been a few years. Wow. Yes. Yes. So yes, you, it's, uh, I call him my unicorn. He's like, my, remember the unicorn? Oh, unicorn. Yeah, we had an episode about Yeah, that. so now I call him my unicorn. <laughs> that Well, that's awesome. That's that's high praise, Anthony. So That is. That is. I'm, uh, I'm honored. Full disclosure, Anthony also kind of sucks. <laughs> and the reason he re- – let's start it off with, like, being really honest. Because when we were – when we first started getting to know each other, I ended up finding out this is what he does for a living. You know, he mm-hmm. educates people on finances. And he gave me a book. And it was called How Money Works, Don't Be a Sucker. Right, Anthony? Stop. Being oh, a stop being a sucker. Sorry. Stop right. being a sucker. Okay. So I was like, thanks. I guess I'll read this. And so I read it thinking like, you know, what is this? And well, well this, this man is a financial educator. He can't be with somebody who's got a terrible finance sense. So That's true. he wanted to make sure that you were able to... <laughs> To be on his level. <laughs> like, read this book. If it doesn't resonate, you know, yeah. don't call me. Right. right. J- Jerome is a very wise man. He's he's the wisdom of this podcast ever since the beginning. So it's, uh, <laughs> I love when he jumps in. He knows exactly what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's a true story. Thank so you, sir. I read the book, right? And I'm, I get through it. And I'm like, oh, my God. I had, I'm not kidding. I had, like, an epic, holy shit moment. Because for me... You know, I like to go to Target and just buy what I want to buy. To me, that's, like, fun. Okay. I don't want to think about, like, oh, this is $10, this is 30 I just want to buy it, and I feel good about it. So Target shopping is like chicken soup for your soul. It, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I read this book, and I don't remember specifically where we were at, what page, what, what the chapter was about, but it was really about how frivolous spending— um, it, you know, really does affect your bottom line and your uh, your ability to retire and invest and all of these things. And I had a moment where I was like, oh my God, I can never go to Target again. And I'm not kidding you, from that day, that was what, maybe three years ago? I can't, have never looked at Target the same. Wow. Like, I actually cannot spend money, money there because it it just feels like such a money suck. Now, well, now you know, now you know how I feel when I go to the restaurant and I want to order something with a lot of carbs in it, I hear your voice. Do you really, are you running a marathon today or something? Like, I just want some pizza for God's sakes. This is true. It's very reciprocal. You now you understand you do. So I have said, um, many times we've talked about, you know, the closing of my business and, you know, I trust, obviously, I mean, I trusted you and I wanted you to look over some of my finances. And I, I basically, I think at one point was like, what do I do? Should I stay open or should I close? And you were the real reason that I closed my business. Um, so everyone could hate you. Uh, yeah, Yeah. you're going to have some haters out there now. Um, but you were the one that really helped guide me and to really help me because I thought that all my money should be invested in my business, in my home, and you really helped reshape my entire financial world. So I'm, I'm in true honesty. I want to thank you for that. So he doesn't, of course. So he doesn't suck. So he sucked 
he he just sucked the fun out of Target. That's all uh, he did. Okay. Mm. You know? Okay. But he finds okay. other ways to make up for it. You okay. know? All right. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the interesting part is that I have my own benefits, of course, because I still eat carbs. I just eat less now and I exercise more. And I just, I'm way more educated about nutrition, which was one thing that I thought I had a handle on, but I definitely did not know because I was not, and I am not a, you know, health professional, right? I'm not a nutrition expert. I'm not an expert on personal fitness. So obviously having a coach in this area has made a big difference for me as well. Aw, thanks. Nice. So cute. So Anthony, tell us, what is a financial educator? So financial educator, well, it depends, right? So there's someone who's just dedicated themselves to take an education approach when talking to people about money, right? Then there's a certified financial educator, which is basically someone who has a certain amount of years of experience practicing, actually helping people implement financial strategies for themselves. And then on top of it has a designation, which, you know, you basically go through a comprehensive exam and you have to learn all areas of money. So not only will you learn how money works yourself, you learn how to teach it to others, specifically adults, because that is a whole different, uh, you know, it's very different teaching adults versus children. In fact, adults prefer teachers that have real world experience. So that's, that's really what a certified financial educator is. Okay. And then, and then how does that differ from a financial planner? Well, it's a different, different thing, designation altogether. So education is, is just what that is, is you are sitting down, you're communicating, helping people understand, you know, ah, okay. how, does that make sense? Versus planning is a whole separate designation uh, that it's a process that you go through to get that title. Got it. Got it. So, so planning, you're actually, you might actually sit down and say, I'm going to take this amount of money and put it here. Whereas education, you're saying, this is how you understand these different aspects of finance. It, it's like this. An educator's job is, a certified financial educator's job, is to involve the person, right? The student, right, in this case, so they have a better understanding of why they need to create a plan. Oh. That makes sense. Oh, got it. So, okay. yeah, so one is about really the foundation, helping you understand the principles. You can go to a, a certified financial planner. They can put a whole plan together for you, but you don't necessarily understand it. You're just following that. Whereas an educator is going to help you understand why you need to do the things you need to do and then if they are also a financial professional and they practice, they can help you implement that strategy. Got That's it. the difference. It's, okay. it's kind of okay. the only the way that I visualize it is like nutrition, right? We You could give somebody a diet, but he, or you could say, well, what do you eat in the morning? And what do you, you know, what, what do you have for lunch? And what does your dinner look like? And what does your schedule look like? And then you come up with a plan with the client that fits their needs based on their goals. Got it. Okay. Does that? Cool. Yeah. You know, and and I and I went through the process with him, and I just thought he was going to be like, "Oh, here, put your money in this, right?" But it wasn't like that. It was like, "Okay, well, how much do you have saved for your emergency fund?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> I mean, it was very eye opening. Like, yeah, he actually made you learn things. I learned things, and I learned why I needed things, and it's 
it's honestly things that you are never taught unless you have a very, you know, my parents died specifically for me. They were very smart with money, but they died so early that they never got to really teach me in my adult life. And I think a lot of people either are poorly taught or never get the opportunity. And, you know, I would say that's kind of what you do, Anthony. You know, you really help people understand and feel confident that if something does go wrong or they do need money for some reason, you have it. It's it's that too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really important that people are empowered, right? If if you're just doing something because somebody's telling you to do it, they don't understand the reason why you're doing it. The probability of you following through on it is very low, right? right? So by by taking the time to educate people that have the attitude to want to learn, um, that's a whole different story than again just trying to get someone to put some money into a certain strategy just because it's they say it's the right thing to do. So that's really the difference. So. Tell us, you've worked with, you know, probably thousands of people, if not more. What does a healthy relationship with money look like? And what do you typically see out there? Like, what is what is the problem that people have around money? What are their issues? Well, the, the number one problem really is that people are not financially literate, right? They're just, they just don't understand. They don't have the skills that really allow them to to manage your money properly. They don't understand risk mitigation, debt management, budgeting, investing. They don't have that because it's not taught in school. So at least it wasn't when I was growing up. And in fact, it wasn't even a mandatory law. It wasn't mandated to teach financial education. And now it is. The challenge is, is that the teachers now have to get on board. So there's been a lag time. So the reality is, is that the first step is that you must be financially literate. Now, once you are literate, people that are financially have a good relationship, I should say, with money, they tend to have, number one, they save. Um, They have a spending plan. Other people call it a budget. Okay. They have a written plan. So they have goals. They know exactly what they want to achieve, short-term, mid-term, and long-term. And many of them work with someone. Many of them have a mentor, a professional, just like someone would hire you guys to be a personal trainer to keep them on track. That That's pretty much what it looks like when somebody has a healthy relationship. They also look at money as a tool, right? They're, they don't have fear around their scarcity or negativity. They see it as abundance, as a tool to, to help them get what they really want. And that could be freedom. It could be sending their kids to a good school, whatever it is that that goal is that they have. Now, what's the what's the biggest misconception that people have about when when you start to educate people? What's one thing that people go? Oh my God, I didn't I had no clue. I didn't know anything about that. The biggest one is that people don't understand the power of compound interest. Uh, that a little bit of money over a long period of time can grow exponentially. So they never were taught the rule of 72, which Albert Einstein referred to as one of the eighth wonders of the world. And you take a 20 to 25-year-old person, they put away a couple hundred dollars a month away. Now, by the time they reach their 60s, they're going to have over seven figures in savings just that if they earned 8%, for example, compounding that interest, right? right. And, and so that, that's a big one right there. And they don't realize the cost of spending as well. So for every dollar you spend today, in 20 years, it'll equal $5. So 
look at it like a you lost five dollars. So, so look at it like this: if you're spending a thousand dollars this year of unnecessary expenses, frivolous spending, that costs you five grand in twenty years, and in thirty years, it's worth ten thousand dollars. Again, using that eight percent as an example. Right. You wow. see, you see why Target got ruined for me. I see. Yeah. <laughs> you're like it's it's only ten dollars. No, and then he's like, no, it's actually fifty. <laughs> um, okay. Exactly. What are some steps people take or can take to improve their financial outlook just as just to start? Yeah. So the first thing is, is to get educated, right? So I, that's why I shared that book with you because in that book, it's concise, it's simple, but it also cuts out a lot of the stuff you don't need to necessarily know. It gives you the basic understanding. So you want to implement. Okay, so first thing is getting educated. Once you have the education, then you need to know why, why you're, why you want to do this. Which is basically, what are your goals? What are your short-term goals? What are your mid-term goals? What are your long-term goals? Right? Because if you don't know your motivation, you're not going to start to sacrifice. Very similar to health, right? If I want to, if I'm out of shape and I get tired every time I go up the stairs, right? If I don't know what I want, I don't want to live that way, right? Or I don't want to throw out my back playing soccer with my kids like I did the other day, right? I got to have <laughs> motivation, right? True story. To make sure that never happens, right? Again, in my case, right? So you need to know why you want to achieve that goal, okay? Once you identify that, then you need to know how to do it, okay? So that's where sitting down with a professional is going to usually make a huge difference. How some people can do it on their own, just like some people can go out and get in shape on their own and watch YouTube videos and get healthy, the vast majority of people are going to need somebody to guide them through that process, right? And so what we do with the professionals, I should say, is they'll sit, they'll create the plan for them, create the strategy based on the goals, and then, of course, from there, implementing that. And that's, again, where having someone to guide you makes a difference, right? Because if, for example, like what you guys do, if I have a session to go see Constance, right, three times a week, it's and I'm paying for that in this example, it's more likely that I'm going to follow through on that plan. And so just like if you have a professional that's guiding you with your finances and you've set these goals together that you wanted and now they're showing you how to achieve that goal, it's gonna, there's just a lot, much higher likelihood you're going to implement that. And then after that, you just need to stay persistent and consistent, right? And that's, again, going back and checking in with the professional and making sure that you're achieving that goal. And, and I think when you look at the, the, the planning process of the why and sitting down with a professional, it's taking an inventory. Here's the hardest part. Here's the most painful part. Taking an inventory of where you are. How much do I earn? What do I really take home? How much of my debt do I have? How much am I putting in my retirement accounts? How much do I have for my kids' college? So on and so forth. It's like in your field, like stepping on that scale, right? Or going to the doctor for an examination. It's really looking at and taking that inventory and knowing where you are. Because you don't know where you are, there's no way you can accomplish the goal. It's like, what's the whole purpose of a GPS? It tells you where you are, right? And then you put in the directions where you want to go, and then it gives you the directions. But you need to know your starting point and your end point before it can guide you. Well, That's- it's it's kind of like, I always, we talk a lot about you know, our clients showing us their nutrition journals. And it's like, well, I ate, you know, just a little bit of this. Or, I mean, and and sometimes it looks perfect. And you're like, this is impossible that this nutrition journal is correct. You don't, you there's no way you could actually eat like this or we wouldn't 
you know, you wouldn't have needed to hire me. And people are so deathly afraid to show you the inventory of what they eat. I would assume it's very much similar to their finance. I mean, I would think it's almost worse with their finances. Like, I'll tell you what I ate for dinner last night, but I certainly don't want to tell you what I spent last month because I feel like somebody will judge me. Now, obviously, I've worked with you and never felt that way with you. Um, And we also have a different relationship. I actually thought it was worse because we had a close relationship, you know? Um, But I felt no judgment. And how do you deal with people who need to show you what they're actually spending or what they're actually bringing in income-wise? How do you get them to feel comfortable talking about it when it's such an uncomfortable topic? I think it just goes right back to the education part and, and informing yourself going back to that book. You know, my attitude towards, you know, educating people is really simple. If you have the desire to learn, then I'll guide you. You know, I got started when I was 19 with my first savings plan. I didn't have much money, but the person who helped me out was willing to sit down with me and teach me those principles. So I think it's just understand. It's just like a good example is my son, right? He's been struggling with reading, right? And last year I had a horrible year in school because he was he hit a hit a hit a block. And then we found out that he needed some additional support. And now he's got somebody that doesn't judge him. He's got a tutor, he's got an ent- entire support system at school. And now he's just got a, a letter from his tutor and from the school saying how great he's doing. Why? Because he feels more confident because he now has the tools. I have people come and sit down with me and and, and other professionals experience the same thing where these people have a, a tremendous amount of anxiety around it because they've never actually taken the time to see where they are and have someone give them some guidance on where they're at, right? Sometimes it's worse than they think it is. Sometimes it's not as bad as they think it is. And another misconception too, is that just because people make a lot of money, you think that they have a lot of money. And that's actually not true. And now it could be true. Theoretically, there are people who do it the right way, but we live in America. We live in excess. So we tend to make a lot and spend a lot, right? Just like we tend to, if we have good, we have high disposable income, we can go to fancy restaurants and eat whatever we want, right? And become what? Unhealthy by doing that, right? So it's mm-hmm. the same, same concept. It's just having someone to guide you always makes a difference. And, that, and you won't know until you try. Jerome, let's switch gears for a minute. Why are we switching gears? So I have to tell you about my new favorite insurance agent, John Dadbin, who just so happens to be a podcast advertiser. Oh, by all means, let's hear it. (laughs) Okay, so John Dadbin is with Goosehead Insurance. He offers home, auto, dwelling, and umbrella insurance coverage. And I met this guy at a networking event maybe about a year back. Mm -hmm. Super cool, easy to talk to. Like, we totally hit it off. He is like the kind of guy that, if my house was on fire, I could totally call and be like, help. After you call the fire department, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's phone Wait call number two. Okay. So John checked rates for me. He said he couldn't save me money. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for trying. So six months later, he calls me out of the blue and he's like, guess what? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I saved your information. I checked your rates. I could save you $1,000. Wow. And I, I was like, you're not changing my insurance coverage. Everything stays the same. Yep, $1,000 less. Wow. Yeah. So the thing is, insurance is hard. Insurance, shopping for insurance is hard. And it doesn't need to be. When you have a guy like John who just like checks your stuff, all you have to do is hand in payment and you're covered. 
Super simple, super easy. That's amazing. So if you're in Illinois, contact John. You can text him. Um, text to fit T-O-O-F-I-T, so he knows that we sent you. He will check your, uh, give you a quote, check your insurance coverage, let you know what he can do for you. Um, 312-680-6242. That's John, 312-680-6242. And what was it that made you lean toward uh, being a certified financial educator as opposed to a planner? Because I imagine there's something in you that, that you want people to understand how money works as opposed to just saying, hey, give me control of your finances and I'll tell you where your money's going to go. I'll tell you exactly why. Because the vast majority of people in this country who need the help, nobody wants to help them. See, there are a lot of companies out there that if you have a certain amount of net worth, they'll line up to guide you and help you out because you qualify for their market. <clears throat> Whereas I come from a middle-class environment, you know, my parents immigrated to this country and they were, they were smart with their money, but I'd say they had a scarcity mentality about it, but at least they weren't spenders, they were savers. But what they didn't understand is compound interest, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't understand that. And neither did my aunts and uncles and neither did what I found out the vast majority of people. So when I first started learning this information, I was like, ah, it must just be my, my immigrant parents who don't know any better, right? And then I started talking to my friends and I found out that some of their families were worse off because not only did they not have the education, they had the spending habits that the average American has, right? Spending in excess of more than they should. And so I knew by, the, by this company teaching me and empowering me, I knew I had to do the same thing and take that same approach. Because by taking that same approach, we can reach more people. Wow. It's more That's... inclusive. Basically, it's more inclusive than exclusive. It's the easiest way for me to explain it. Got it. No, that makes that that's that's a great answer and it makes makes a lot of sense. And that also is important because I think a lot of people are afraid to reach out to somebody because they think, well, I don't have any money. You know, yeah. I have no like they haven't come into, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to just throw into something. And so then they figure, well, I'm not. I, I, there's no help for me. Well, that's the other misconception. You need to be rich to invest. And that's just simply not true, especially now more than ever. Um, you can go online and there's so many tools that people can do. They can do it on their own. They don't need somebody. It's just if they have somebody, it could probably help them more, right? That's, that's really, if you want to take it to the next level, generally having someone to guide you is, is always going to make a difference, right? I think about kind of like going back to the inventory. What was the big factor for you when we reviewed your business is remember we made that spreadsheet and in that spreadsheet we put down okay here's my business expenses here's my personal expenses right mm -hmm. if i keep if i keep things going <laughs> if i don't and we figured out that you you know you had a million dollar home you were paying for right and uh, i mean plot right because of the overhead. air quotes that, yeah. Air quotes. Uh, was it was it? it was the studio my million dollar home yeah. was really yeah. the studio yeah. in case yeah. anyone is that not getting the sarcasm <laughs> Because people are like, oh, exactly. I, I want to like, come. Wait, to your, she's got a million dollar home. I, I want to come to your house now. Right. Right. Yeah, you had a. Right? He had a spreadsheet. It was keep keep open, close the studio, and he gave me the two spreadsheets, and I was like, shit. Like it was, there was no going back after reading it because the numbers were the numbers. You know, there's no, because in my head it was like, well, I mean, be. it could be this. I could. I mean, I remember us going through line items, and I was like, well, I mean, it could be two hundred, but it could be seven hundred, and you're like. 
Constance, how much is your freaking gas bill? Why is this so hard? Like, I couldn't come up with solid numbers. And he made me figure out exactly, no, exact. Don't mm-hmm. guess, because then when you see the numbers, you will think that they're skewed. Let's get the actual, real, legitimate numbers so that way you can see. And that that's how I, that's how we did it. Well, I mean, I, I got to say, Go you seem much happier now that you guys sat down Oh my at God. everything, made the decision. You seem you seem a ton happier. Well, it's not just that I closed my studio and I, my life is less stress. It's that I can save for retirement. And I, I actually, if God forbid something does happen, you know, something breaks down in my house or my car, like I have the funds to do it. And that's really because of Anthony. So, all because so, of online. See what online dating could do for you, Jerome? Wow. Well, I, I mean, I think you guys have a special. Back, you guys have a special case. I'm going to say that. Well, That's, back back to trying to rope you into online dating. You know, you too could find yourself maybe a nice certified financial <laughs> educator, or you know, something like that. Get yourself something nice, and then. Uh, I mean, I, I think we're going to stay with <laughs> asking Anthony questions about. Uh, All right, I got I got one for you, Anthony. So we are coming right. We're coming up close to the holidays, and this is. I believe, I've seen this in a lot of my own clients, spending, spending, spending. People are buying tons of gifts, you know, playing Santa Claus. And then January hits and everybody starts freaking out and starts cutting and budgeting and figuring out where, you know, how to save money. How can people start the holiday season so that they don't have to do that in January and start cutting things left and right? goes back to what I said when we started is take an inventory of where you are right now for real. Like do the, go through the painful process. If it's painful, sometimes it's, to be honest with you, it looks, it sounds painful, but once you go through it, you feel a lot better and see where you really are right now. Going into this holiday season, see what your disposable income is, see what you really have for emergency, see what you're really putting away for your future and then determine what is an affordable amount of money that I could put aside for this holiday season so I can still get the gifts, but maybe I'm going to have a budget this year and I can still accomplish the goal of being generous with my family, but doing it in a responsible way based off my current financial situation. See, one of the biggest challenges and one of the reasons why all of us get financial trouble is because we play the comparison game. The comparison game is a failing game. You're always going to lose that game long-term. What do I mean by that? You're buying things because you want to make your kid feel special or you're buying things for yourself so you can feel special, so you can show it off to other people, right? So essentially, what I, I, I'll just summarize it. You buy, you spend money on things you don't need to impress people you may not even like. (laughs) In fact, most of the time you don't like them and that, and you're doing it out of spite. Now, that's not everybody. I'm just, that is one type of personality. Now, if you have the means, you could still, hey, go do it. But if you had a budget around it, then you would be more conscious with it, with your kids as well. And you start teaching your children financial responsibility. In fact, the formative years for that are between ages of seven and nine. In fact, the book that was written was written for kids that are age 14 and older, 
But I had a niece who was, I think, 10 years old when she read it, and it started to change the conversation in their home all about money. They finally started to understand why dad, my, my brother, was fiscally responsible because they had a better education. Because here's reality. Let's say that you're, you're a high-paying executive or you're a high professional, and you make very good money, and you're able to afford those things, and you never teach your kids the value of money. And then your kids grow up, and they don't necessarily do what you do. Now they have this idea in their mind that they that money just comes easy. Mm-hmm. You are setting them up for failure. Mm-hmm. And I heard this saying once, and I, it's the best. The first generation makes the money. The second generation spends the money. And the third generation loses the money. Mm-hmm. And it happens every single day in this country. And that's why it's about, it's not just about how much you make. It's just about having respect and looking at money as a tool. If you can look at it as a tool, and then you can navigate that process, be an example, and also teach your kids. And my kids know. They know every time they, they, I sign them up for an event, I tell them how much it costs. But, and it's not, it's not about scarcity. It's about teaching them so they understand the value of it. And now they look at things a little bit. My oldest now starting to calculate. He's like, yeah, how much did you save on that? That's exactly the mentality I want them to have. One of them's going to be a billionaire. I say, hey, that's great, too. You could be a billionaire. <laughs> You know, he's got some crazy ideas, and that's awesome, but be a responsible one. Because imagine if you could be a billionaire, you have everything you want in the world, and imagine what good you can do for others as well. And that's really the other part of this, is give back. Once, you know, you ask why I want to be an educator, because part of it is giving back. So you learn, now you can teach others, because there's so much to go around. There's plenty of money to go around if you think the right way, and you're, you're vibrating on the right frequency. Ooh, wow. That's good. Okay, so I ask every guest that we bring on, what is the best thing about your job and what is the maybe worst or most challenging thing about your job? The best part about what I do is teaching others and watching their fear and anxiety around money dissipate and then they come back and feel empowered, okay? And and I'll, and I'll just give you a real-life example, okay? Um, I got a call from... A client of mine, this guy's been a friend of mine since grade school, okay? And when we first got connected, he was not in a good financial situation. He's the fun guy, man. He talked about having fun all the time. He was that guy, right? And we finally got him on a plan. And then recently, over the last so many years, he's really put himself in an incredible financial position. So the other day, he calls me and says, hey, I quit my job. I was like, well, if he would have told me that seven, eight years ago, I'd be like, that's a big problem. But I knew his situation was better now, and, right? And now he's like, yeah, you know what? And he kind of told me where he was. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what happens when you take control of your money. And now he don't have to take any BS from his boss. And now he's looking at start. He's got one business. He's looking to start other business because he's got, he's in a position. To, he's almost financially independent, but he's, he's at least in a position where he doesn't have to take anything from his boss. And that's the other thing we talk a lot about is teaching people how to have multiple streams of income. That is huge because the statistics show four out of five people don't even like what they do. Now, if you think about how much time you spend working and Mm -hmm. you're not even enjoying it and and you're stuck in it sometimes because you need that to pay for the expensive car or the house, or maybe it's just to get by and take care of your family, right? So if you look at having multiple streams of income, that's the other thing I love is teaching people how to develop multiple streams of income. Now, the part I don't like is definitely sitting down and putting in all the data into the computer. <laughs> the paperwork. 
paperwork, now it's computer work. That is the most tedious, non-human thing there is. I like the human interaction. I don't like the data entry, that's for sure. But, you know, it's just like when I went to go see my son's pediatrician. This guy was in his 70s before he retired. And you you see him, you know, because all the changes with the medic, what happened with healthcare, and he's, you know, with his fingers pushing on the computer. He was so frustrated. He had spent most of the time putting data into the computer instead of talking to us, mm-hmm. you know. So the nice thing about is technology is getting better and it's, it's getting easier. So that's my answer. That was right, good. That's a good answer. That was good. All right. Um, do you have any other questions? So um, just cu- just out of curiosity, like over the past couple of years, we saw interest rates climb. I know I, th- I want to say, I mean, I don't know what a 30-year fixed mortgage is right now, but I, I, I think it's over double mm. what it was a couple years ago. Mm. Um, how, do you, how do you talk to people about buying a home and this current climate? Well, the studies, the, the stats don't lie. People are just not doing it right now. There are those that have to, but the vast majority of mortgages out there are at less than 4% uh, interest. And right now, if you want to buy, it's 7 8%. So you're literally almost at a double the mortgage. That's not quite double, but it's significantly higher what your money can buy you today. So most people are not doing it unless they have to, or in some cases, and I'm not a mortgage expert by any means, but I just know how it works. Some people are buying down the interest rate. Some people are just flat out waiting for things to come down before they, they take, take take action. So what the problem is, is that we're so used to really low interest rates environments that they were for so many years. Now it's skyrocketed so quickly and uh, you know, the industry wasn't prepared. Realtors weren't prepared. Mortgage brokers weren't prepared, and most importantly, families weren't prepared prepared for that situation. So, but we'll get through it. You know, things cycle; they go up and down. When? Well, just like trying to predict the stock market, nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of interest rates, um, tell us what is the worst, in your opinion, kind of debt? Mm, the worst kind of debt. I mean, besides a loan shark, the guy I know those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I think like, besides, besides that. that one, like, oh, it's crazy. like, uh, yeah. If the, the worst kind of debt is debt you incurred on a credit card when you bought something you didn't need. Okay. Oh. That's okay. What, I knew it's he was a need say versus wants. You know, if you had to put something on a credit card so you could feed your family that day, well, you did. You had to do that day. You know, but to go and put stuff on a credit card that you don't even need. I think that's another big thing that I mentioned earlier. It's identifying your needs versus your wants. I mean, truly identifying your needs versus your wants. And what you'll find out is once you eliminate the wants and you focus on the needs, you'll be most most people will be able to save more. And that saving, that feeling of saving and building wealth, it just it, it builds a certain level of confidence and reduces your stress. Because again, the story of my friend was able to fire his boss and move on because he was in a position to do it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I fired my boss too. <laughs> God was she a bitch. <laughs> She was tough. She was tough. <laughs> oh, that, All right. Well, that was so fun. Thank you. Awesome. Did, okay. Awesome. So yeah. I asked Jerome about his financial literacy and um, ability before we got on with you. And he, you, well, one was 3.75 and the other was three. Well, well, I said in terms of my literacy, uh-huh. I would say 
I'm, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say after listening to this, I'm probably a little better. I'm probably say I'm around a four. Okay. So I feel okay. you know you feel better. So I feel better. Good. And you know, implementing Good. these things probably not a four. Okay. But at least on trend to get I'm, there. I'm on trend to get there. Got it. So thanks a lot for joining us, Anthony. I, we really appreciate it. And no hopefully problem. Constance will let you have some carbs. I'll, or, yeah, you know what? I'll let you have, you have some bread for this for sure. I'll <laughs> let you have a piece of bread. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her out right now. She's making pizza now, so she's learned how to make pizza. Wow, so, I have. But get yeah, but uh-huh. but who, did I eat the pizza the last time we made it? No, of course. No, just feeding me and uh, the other boys and the kids. Yeah, <laughs> I had to, I ate a sweet potato and some chicken while everybody else ate my homemade pizza. <laughs> oh, that's that's nice. I, Talk about sacrifice, people. Yeah. That is sacrifice. Yeah. 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 So. All right. Well, well Anthony, well. where can people... Okay, so there's a book, um, How Money Works, the one that I read. What What is it again? Don't Be a Sucker? Or... It's, stop, well, oh. it's, it's How Money Works, Stop Being a Sucker. Stopping a Sucker. And, and there's a women's book that I just read as well that came out specifically correct. geared to women. So yes. if people contact you, you can get you can hook them up and figure out how they can get themselves a book. If they correct. want to contact you um, to see if you can help educate them, how can they do that? Simple. Just go to www.howmoneyworks.com forward slash Anthony. There's the hard part. My last name, G-U-R-R-I-E-R-I. So it's just howmoneyworks.com forward slash Anthony Guerreri. They can also text me at 630-730-9650. But if you go to the website, it would be better because you can request the book right on there. And we can then from there, we can communicate and figure out how we can get you one. All right. Well, when we post this up, we will um, make sure that we include your information so that people know how to get a hold of you. And um, if anybody does want a consultation or talk to you, is there a fee involved? I'm sure that's a question that people will have. No, there's no fee to get educated. Absolutely not. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks, well, Anthony. That was great. Thanks for doing this. And, uh, and we'll, I don't know, we'll see you soon. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate the time as well. No problem. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, it was kind of like a money slash relationship episode. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. He's a nice guy, right? Oh, Not yeah, of course. Yeah. like the others. Right. You know, Not I mean, a narcissist. They're, they're, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, and you yeah. know, even in what they do, like, mm-hmm. it's funny. I don't know. I guess, you know, you turn 40 and you are like, oh my gosh, maybe what they do for a living indicates a little bit about who they are as a person, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's great. He, you know, he has a passion for educating people about money because there's there's so many people that are, they just want to take your money, a, a chunk of your money mm-hmm. to invest your money. Right, and, right. Instead of um, teaching you and, about what you should be doing with your own money. Right. You know, it's like, you know, what's the saying? Um, give a man a fish he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, and he eats, uh, I don't know, for a long time. I can't remember quite what the rest of it is. Was but, that also in the Bible? Um, I think it isn't. I, I don't, I think it might be in the Bible. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> give a man a fish, he eats for a day, I teach like a man to fish. Um, and he feeds like a village or something? <laughs> Probably. It, that no. sounds like it works. And he feeds no, the what, village. What, what if? Well, I mean, I guess if you if you teach him to fish, then he'll feed your village. Well, he can at least feed himself. <laughs> I, I, maybe he maybe he'll feed a village. His family and the village. His I mean, family shit. and the village. Yeah, and he'll well, 
well, we just know that he eats for more than one day. Right, right. So his, his possibilities are now endless. Oh, God. So, All right. Well. So I, I, think that's, I think that's enough, that's right? That's it. it. That's it for this episode of Too Fit to Be Tied. I'm Jerome. I'm Constance. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.